Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about your Tales from the Loop game? Oh my gosh, you guys. Yes. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And tonight we're going to, you know, talk about games, right? Like, like that's the we're show's just, name. We're just going to talk about them. We're pandas. Sure. And we're going to talk about the games. games. So Phil right. and I are going to talk about the games that we have played. And then we're going to jump back into the Chronicles of the Raven's Eye for a little bit. But we are going to start with Phil because I am fascinated because I... I'm really excited to play this game myself. So, uh, hey, how's your Scum and Villainy game going? Yeah, so I've been running Scum and Villainy for, I think, about three or four, three or four sessions, right? I'm, like, at that magical moment, right? Like, I'm just either on the mm-hmm. cusp of it or I'm at that moment where, you know, should I kill it or not? And oh, I think the answer is going to be oh, not. It's magic. Yep. So, um, Scum and Villainy, uh, I think most people know, is a Blades in the Dark game um, that is basically a mashup of... uh, So, it's a sci-fi game. It's basically a mashup of Firefly, Cowboy Bebop, and Star Wars. I know. What is there not to love? Yeah, it is um, almost at times shameless in its... um, (laughs) In its homages to the game, but um, I think if you're a fan of those three materials, and I know few people who I I know very few people who aren't. Hi. um, (laughs) It's uh, what you call it. It 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 is a good fit, and I actually think it's. um, I get a feeling it's going to be like the dungeon world of um, of of Blades games, right? I think it's going to become the most accessible uh, Blades game, like more than Blades. Like, I think people, like, already my group is more into playing this um, than they were Blades. Yeah, because the setting is more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so we have done two jobs so far. We did the initial job that the book recommended, and we did a job, um, I did a job that was listed in the book, like, just an idea for the job, and then I, like, fleshed it out and made it into a thing. And... um I would say that um, so far the game's going really well. As a GM, I feel way more um, mechanically capable yeah. of running the game. Yeah. Like having played Blades, I feel like much better about it now. Yeah. Um, I was able to do some. Um, I was able to leverage the rules a lot better than I have in the past. So I was. I was really like I'm pleased with that. What I have not done yet is I have not really invested into character stories yet. So, like, we actually talked about this at the end of our last game. We talked about, like, okay, um, so we've done two jobs. We haven't really done a really good free play cycle, like, where we just kind of explore character stories. So, um, so I did the easy thing, right? Like, this is I, – I have been doing this for years as a GM, and I'm – and I highly recommend this, right? Like, instead of getting fancy, I just, like, ask the PCs. I'm like – what do you see for your character? Like, what do you see for your character in like, you know, your free play sessions? And they all told me, like they all gave me ideas and they not necessarily would have been things I would have thought about. So I was like, great. Those are the things you want to see in the game. 
I'm going to make those things in the game. The other thing I started to do is the same thing I did with my Tales game, which was um, I'm putting in a big um, arcing meta plot. Yeah. So while they're doing jobs and stuff like that, there's like a bigger story that's being told. Yeah. It's kind of like the season story. Yeah. Kind of um, like Cowboy Bebop because it's all episodic except that there's like... A meta plot. A meta yeah. plot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the thing that I'm going to do... Um, so the the thing about the thing about these games is that there's always factions, right? Like there's factions of people, um, factions want things and stuff like that, and there's conflicts between factions and things like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm building that out now, and I've, I talked to you a little bit about it, and I'm not going to talk about it on the mics because um, my players listen, listen to, to the this show. Game. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm building that out, and then what I'm going to do is take the players' individual stories and link those onto the meta plot by putting the um, NPCs that are important to the characters into uh, as members of the, of the groups, either members or affiliated with the groups that are part of the, me- the meta plot. And this way um, my personal stories get tangled into the meta plot, which then um, gets all tangled into like all the jobs that they do and all that stuff. So I think it will be um, from a drama level, like wonderfully messy. Yeah. Right. Like I think. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm gonna build. I'm actually gonna do that like Thanksgiving Day. Like mm-hmm. I've got um That's what I'm gonna I've sit down notes. and work on. Yeah, I'm gonna sit down like just, you know, in the morning and stuff before like food and stuff starts. I'm gonna like kinda knock out some structure to that. Like make a mind map of factions and then how to connect characters and stuff to it. So anyway, um it's going well and we'll talk about it again um a few weeks from now. We'll kind of see how like that all uh, plays out. But in the meantime, before we get into our actual play, your sequel to your Tales from the Loop game. Oh my god. <laughs> and listen, you only have a few minutes. So you can't unpack this whole thing. So. I know. I can't even begin to. Um but it right. was so damn So I, we can't do we can't good. do a, you can't do a like you can't recall the play. But tell me like the like how your game ended, like things you learned from playing the sequel and all of that. Okay, well, so firstly, to to lay just the tiniest bit of groundwork and to make it a little bit clearer exactly what we were doing, we were way too impatient to wait for um, things from the flood. flood. So we took Tales from the Loop and we we took our game of Tales from the Loop. We fast forwarded it 10 years and we went back to our same characters. So we were playing in the early 90s. And to additionally be very clear we were running extremely fast and loose with the actual setting materials so people who are really into the very specific setting of tales from the loop would only vaguely recognize how this game actually played for us right there was a loop there was a loop <laughs> and you guys were in nevada not you guys we were in were, nevada we not were actually in, in pennsylvania <laughs> Okay. And I yeah. See, we just went. We just went off into crazy pants land. We made up our own town. It was. Um, I mean, you can do that. There's a thing for that in the book. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So then, and the loop was like run by Loop Tech, um, which was the Looper brothers, and they were. I don't. I, I no, no. Don't do it. Don't. I, yeah. Don't, don't like do I can't even. Back anyway. to the back to the end of the sequel. Anyway, so so what ended up really happening is that the entire sequel became a game of time travel manipulation stuff in like the weirdest coolest way ever and in the way where we kept breaking shit more and more and so whew, gosh we left that game with so many feels and it it was both 
extremely emotional but also definitely falls onto like the like higher end of like weird wacky crazy games that I've ever played in terms of like you know my in-game fiance started turning into an insect person because that was his bad alien DNA stuff but so we um we wrapped it up we wrapped it up on this amazing note where we all sat there at the table like damn, I want more of this because that was amazing. Like, we had this moment, we resolved, like, the arc of my relationship where we didn't end up getting married, but we kind of had to pretend to. And then, like, I got to go, I I, I started a, a second attempt with my high school's, my middle school sweetheart, Harrison. Only he's I'm gonna end up killing him like there's an inevitability like and we both knew that as we like played out these really sweet scenes like knew that our time was limited and how that was probably gonna end but we didn't you know play that through to the epilogue or anything we just like that was a thing that we knew going in so I think the biggest takeaway was really actually no matter how much you love something like know when to let it go right like I want to play that game again, but the stories of those characters are resolved. Like, we don't actually have any questions about how these things are going to go for them. We actually pretty much know what's going to happen to those characters, even if we didn't see it on screen or during game time, right? Like, I know that my character is going to end up probably having to kill Harrison. It's going to be a vision, red um, Scarlet Witch moment. Like, that is an inevitability of their future. And, like, so we, we kind of saw all of those things in place, but we don't have to play them through. And even though we all want more, like, it's time to stop playing those characters, as sad as that is. Yeah, but what's sometimes worse is when you've played, like, for too long. Right. But, like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to do the... Um, we don't want to do what... There was, There is a time when I would have said that Star Wars did this, right? Except I think that time is no longer. They've renewed it for me. But, like, w- the prequels, right? Right. It was like, I mean, I've, I, eh. <laughs> I had that same... I mean, I had that same feeling when I wrapped... When Chris wrapped Dungeon World. Right. And I had to put Korin away. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, oh, no. I'm keeping Stacy forever. I have her character sheet. And yeah, I have I the mean, last I, letter that Harrison wrote me and the last piece of bubble gum that I did not end up chewing at the table. So we left the game with one piece of bubble gum left. Nice. Right. It was good. So, yeah. Excellent. Good. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we um, should leave that. And Well, let me, let me ask you one follow-up question. Yeah. What are you guys going to play next? So, actually, we're going into holiday season, so it is game killer time. Wen's going to run protocol for my birthday on Wednesday. And um, I think he's going to run the one that he wrote, which is like Atlantis, something about Atlantis, which is cool. Um, And then I'm going to run something the first week of December, but I don't know what yet. I got to figure it out. (laughs) I need a good... You're running something? Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Yeah. I'm running something. All right. It's not going to be Love and Justice. (laughs) Are you running a one shot? Are you running, like, are you the next campaign? No, I'm going to run a one shot. We're not going to start any new campaigns until after the holidays. Because people are out, people are in, like, blah, 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 blah. So we're just, we're just going to do, we're going to do three or four one shots in a row and then decide what we want to do. Oh, you should do Damn the Man. 
Yeah, I should kind of do Damn the Man. That would be great. You should do Damn the Man. You can easily do it with three players. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. I know. I've played totally... it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should do Damn the Man. Okay, anyway. You played like an early version of it. I like, did. Yeah. Um, and the book is super easy. Like if you actually just go and read the PDF, yeah. it pretty much plays the game for you. Brilliant. You have to just like print a few things. Cool. Like, print a few I, things to that. have with you. Super easy. You'll have a lot. You'll have a bunch of laughs and... Uh, um, what you call it? It'll be good. Well, hey, speaking of super simple one shots that don't require any prep. Yes. Yeah, we have some ad copy that we should read. We we do. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about Flip Tales and then let's go uh, play our AP. Yeah, that sounds perfect. So in case you guys haven't heard of it, Flip Tales is a super simple role playing game that is written for a whole bunch of different ages. Um, eight plus, I think, is what I saw on the Kickstarter page to adult. It plays in about 30 to 60 minutes. And in each story, you play as magical creatures going on a whimsical adventure that feels like a cross between Disney and Miyazaki. So basically, I'm in. Yeah, uh, it's great for kids. It's great for anyone who wants to get their feet wet with a game that doesn't require any prep. Woo-hoo. Like, so right up your alley. <laughs> like me. <laughs> Each story follows a straightforward structure. So players can go from playing their first game in one session to writing their own adventures in the next. Yeah. So super easy learning curve. Super easy learning curve. There's lots of cool little um, bits and bobs, cards and uh, markers, basically. And it is up on Kickstarter right now. So if you go to Kickstarter and search for Flip Tales, T-A-L-E-S, not T-A-I-L, all one word, or we'll put a link in the show notes, go and check that out. They are only like three days in and they are a good chunk of Chugging along. Yeah. So yep. this is, it's, it's going to kick. Um, you should go check it out. It comes in a box. That's very cool. I saw it at Metatopia. Awesome. Yeah. All right. On to the Chronicles of the Raven's Eye. Oh, this is where the music goes. Quick recap, Anadara is in the temple of uh, Erlis, the Queen of Horfrost and Woe. She is tracking a fugitive who has escaped deeper into the temple after her party, the group of townspeople, were murdered by something called the Ice Angel. Mm-hmm. In doing so, you found a magical weapon, which is kind of a rapier covered in raven's feathers, mm-hmm. um, and you realize it's magical powers as it's reached out to you and found you to be worthy. After you escaped a trap that you were in, you made your way into what looked like the private library in the temple. And there, three frozen goblins attacked you. They jumped down from the ceiling on you. And you were in the middle of combat with them. And I think... I landed in a pile of books and then everything went dark. Right, you dispatched one of them. Yes, um, there's two left. Right, and there's two left, and uh, the last one uh, charged you across the table and knocked you uh, backwards and uh, into a shelf and a bunch of books fell on top of you. And so that's where we'll start off. You've lost sight of the room, there's books on top of you, uh, and there's two goblins scrambling about, what are you doing? 
Oof. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, I'm going to stay very, very still. So I'm going to have that moment where I'm like under the books and I can't see anything. I'm holding the rapier in my hand and I'm basically doing that thing where I'm trying to breathe very quietly because I'm trying to determine where the goblins are in relation to me. Okay. Then I think um, you are discerning realities. Okay. For our players who aren't totally familiar with Dungeon World, when you are close, when you closely study a situation or person, right? So I think you are closely studying this situation. Yep. Okay. Sorry. What is so, my uh, wisdom? Roll plus, plus, roll plus zero. Yay. This should be good. Six. <laughs> Mark an experience. Yay. <laughs> I will let you ask one question. One question. Okay. And then I'm going to and then I'm going to And then take you're going to take a move. Yep. Actually, what here is useful or valuable to me? Useful in terms of combat or useful in terms of your your deeper exploration of the temple. I'll let you def- I'll let you define that. Yeah, honestly, I am happy with either. So whichever one you think is more interesting. It doesn't have to help me with the goblins. I don't I don't mind. Okay, so while lying under there, you find, you find like pressing into your back, you find like you reach down and there is a key. Mm. You don't know what it's for, but it like was hidden in one of the books. Yeah. And when you disrupted, like when the books fell down, this book like fell open and this key fell out. Cool. Okay. Okay. So as you are laying there, like you find the key and kind of tuck it away, mm-hmm. you hear a voice speak. Uh, the voice says, and it's a very crude common tongue, right? Like very chunky, very uh, clumsy. You put down, you put down your weapon and surrender. Ortok. Ortok has captured you. Yeah. I don't really feel like surrendering to some creepy little goblin things. In fact, I actually have a pretty pressing mission here. Because this is as close as I've gotten to Morden Kellen. And if I spend too much time, he's going to get away again. Problematic but I also don't know where these goblins are. And I didn't know that they could talk. So I don't know who else is here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are currently... Uh, you are books. currently covered by books. <laughs> yeah. I am going to very slowly stand up with the rapier pointed at the ground, but I'm not going to quite let go of it. I'm going to hold it, like, pointed at the ground. Okay. As you kind of push the books off of you and and start to rise. The two goblins that attacked you are on the ground in front of you with, you know, sharp chunks of ice pointed at you. And on the table, standing on the table, uh, there is an actual living goblin, like a, like actual greenish, Mm. like greenish warm blooded goblin in robes, kind of ratty, tattered robes with crude 
inked symbols on the robes, like as if he like took the robes off and like inked these like these symbols onto it and put it back on, like very uh, mm-hmm. very kind of messy. He's standing there. He has uh, just a rusty knife in his hand, but he has his other hand up, almost like with a magical gesture. Yeah. And he's like, drop your weapon. Ortok has captured you. Ortok, is it? Yes. Look, uh, Ortok, I am not entirely sure why you care to capture me, but I am on a quest. And I- You have invaded Ortok's territory. This library is mine. Ah. Now you have you have trespassed and you have attacked you killed you have destroyed one of my creations. Ah. Your creations. I am Ortok, powerful wizard. Yes. Created created from one of my companions. This creature of ice and pain. Uh yes. Yes, clearly you are very powerful. I am on a quest for Morales. Perhaps you've heard of her. She is also very powerful. I will leave your territory and no longer be trespassing. And I can continue on my quest and you can continue your magical experimentation. And he grunts something in um, Goblin, and the two goblins press forward with their um, with with their ice. Drop your weapon. Find out who you serve. You do not serve her who is cold. Therefore, you are heretic. Oh, good. I'm going to re-grab my rapier firmly by the hilt. Like, we're, we're not pretending that we're about to drop it anymore. And just uh, slash across both those icy goblins. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely a hack and slash. Uh-huh. Like, th- this, is, this is not a thing that I can allow to prevent me from continuing forward. Boop. Eight. Eight, you will deal damage, uh, and you will receive damage. Yeah. So why don't you first roll for damage? Ten. <laughs> okay. Um, considering that they only had a combined four hit points across Oof. the two of them. Can I slash them um, both? You had, yes, yeah. I will. You dispatch both of them with a pretty, with a mighty slice. Roll a d6 for me. Okay. Uh, three. So subtract your armor, and that's what you're going to take in damage. Okay, that is a one. So Ortok howls as you do that, and he backs up, and he starts saying, he starts speaking in language that is not common, and it it doesn't even sound goblinish, like from the few grunts that he he gave before. His hand is starting to glow as he is attempting to gather magical energies about him. Yeah, I'm look at him for a second. I'm going to take the hood that covers my head because of the cold and push it back so that like you can see the bald, just 
beautiful skin. So it's like a moment of concentration where I push it back. And then one more moment of aligning my blade. And then the next moment is basically just charging at him. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Roll hack and slash. Yikes. <laughs> Four. So I'm going to mark okay. an XP. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yikes. <laughs> Okay, so you rush at him, and he lets the spell go um, that he has, and it is a chaotic burst, icy shards that shoot at you. Roll a d8. Oh, that's not a die I had out. Three. Huh. (laughs) All right. <laughs> All right, so you take uh, you only take a point of damage, uh, but you are thrown back across the room. There is no control over like this ice burst like basically like covers the half of the room that you're in. And there's just like various points and shards of ice all pointing at you. Some of it like has hit your armor and pushed you into the wall. And Artok, like, howls out, Artok is a mighty sorcerer! Toss down your weapon! Yep. And he, like, stomps across the table, right? Like, he, like the whole time he's just staying on the table so he can be as high as you are, right? So he, like, stomps across <laughs> the table, like, raises his hands again, like, in another gesture to cast. Right, and I am just basically gonna stand myself back up, swipe the blade kind of across the air to clear the last of the ice in front of me. And I I just want him... So I have a specific thing that I... A move that I would like to use, so I'm going to describe it to you and then tell me if I haven't done it right. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so I'm going to stand up. I'm going to point my rapier directly at him. And I'm just going to tell him, Ortok, you stop. I am leaving. And you... Do whatever you want here, but you have nothing to do with me. We have no further business. I am going. You will no longer impede the business of Morales. All right. So what move are you doing? I am the law. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I would like to give him an order based on my divine authority. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is awesome. And next time we'll roll to find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we close out the show, Senda, tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Well, on the Misdirected Mark podcast, Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday at 8.45 Eastern, 6.45 p.m. the Queen's time. That's me. To break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. I mean, I don't know about that Phil guy. I guess he's pretty okay. He's bossy from what I hear. <laughs> awesome. Say, Senda, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community 
for a little bit longer at least. We're going to sort that out. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? You should send us topics and questions and other stuff. Send us stuff to talk about. I mean, we love talking to each other. Yeah. But we'll talk about pretty much anything gaming related. But we would love to talk about the things that you find interesting. So send us uh, ideas for topics for shows. Uh, send us short questions about gaming and game mastering and game design. We're happy to talk about those. Send us questions about actual play. Like if you are wondering, like maybe what I was thinking or what Senda was doing or whatever, send us questions about that too. We'll uh, we'll happily answer those as well. Yeah, what were you uh, thinking? But send us <laughs> right. Send us whatever, and and I'll figure out a way to get it into the show. Don't you worry about that. I'll worry about that. Say, Senda, what's the other thing people can do with our social media, especially if you were just at a holiday where everybody was sitting around tables? I know, especially if they were playing a game sitting around a table. You could send us your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting around at a table, maybe eating a turkey or doing whatever, hashtag it table selfie. I mean, the picture, take a picture, hashtag it table selfie, and then post it on the social media of your choice. I am much better at finding them on Twitter because I'm not prevented by permission stuff like Facebook sometimes does. Anyway, you should do that because we love seeing what you guys are playing. And especially throughout these game killer seasons, we want to see that gaming still persists. Indeed, we do. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mr. Mark Network, you can go and support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of awesome things. They get the bonus outtakes from this show, which is really just Phil talking about being bossy. Uh, You get the after show. From the Misdirected Mark Network, you get access to our Slack Room for Life. And by the time you hear this, all of our patrons have already gotten the Mark's Half-Eaten Hamburger LARP that Phil wrote over Metatopia uh, and hopefully got to play it with their families at Thanksgiving. Uh, If you aren't a patron, you can still get Mark's Half-Eaten Burger LARP uh, on DriveThruRPG where you uh, just look up uh, encoded designs or just put in Mark's half-eaten hamburger, half-eaten burger, and Mark's you'll find half-eaten it. Half-eaten burger LARP. Uh, the other thing we like to do with our patrons is we like to give shout-outs, and I have picked an all-star list of patrons to shout-out um, this eve. Senda, would you like to do the honors? Um, I'll do the last one. Okay, do the yeah, first you two. have to do the last one. All right. Um, Eileen Barnes, the Duchess of Pandas and of Talking Games. Yes. And Thank you. Blake Ryan Batman. Thanks, Blake Ryan. So many topics. Right. Blake's like responsible for 10% of the shows so on, this, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we thank none other than Chris Steele. <laughs> this is why he had to do the last one. <laughs> Say, Senda, there's another thing you can do that makes us happy, like pandas rolling down hills. What's that thing that people can do if they are uh, already back in the Patreon or unable to back the Patreon, which is also perfectly fine? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. So we super duper appreciate them. Also, oh my gosh, artistic validation and happy pandas. What do you get a panda for Christmas? A podcast review? Yes. Isn't that how the saying goes? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do that. <laughs> Say, Senda, how is Anadara going to get out of this situation?
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. So we should do audio that I should keep. I can keep. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like great bonus bonus outtake material. <laughs> All right. I'll give you some other stuff to work with. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. Tell me your coolest Thanksgiving recipe. Uh, popovers. As, oh, you, but you make them not only for Thanksgiving. You make them all the time. Well, not like all the time, all the time, but like always now for Thanksgiving. I But popovers. Okay. Listen, I love your popover recipe. <laughs> so here's what I would do to your popovers. Ready? Yes. Yes. So after Thanksgiving. Yes. I would, um, I would take a popover out. Mm-hmm. I would take a small paring knife and uh, surgically cut the top off the popover, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then I would go to the cutting board and I would take uh, some turkey and chop it up, a little bit of stuffing and a little bit of mayo. Put that in a um, in a bowl and kind of uh, whip it together mm-hmm. with the mayo. Mm-hmm. And then just pour that into the popover. Mm-hmm put the top back on it uh, and either microwave them or heat them up in the oven for a little bit. Yeah. And I would make these stuffed popover, these turkey, I'd make these Thanksgiving uh, turkey stuffed popovers for, for yeah. leftover, for leftover uh, lunch. They actually, when you turn them over, they usually have holes in the bottom. Like they're usually hollow. Oh, so then I just do it upside so down. So you just right? turn so them upside down and like stuff them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and then they, I'd serve them basically like stuffed peppers. Yeah, right? except so, they're popovers. Yeah, they're really so they're like good. super savory. Yeah. Really maybe good. with just like maybe two of those cut in half Yeah, with a little bit of cranberry sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the good kind, not not that shitty canned cranberry sauce. <laughs> no, I like, have two bags of cranberries sitting Yeah, like made from counter. real fucking cranberry yes. cranberry sauce. I'm going yeah. to make real cranberry sauce. Bloop. So here's the thing. I While I love Thanksgiving dinner, and I do, I love messing around with leftovers. Yeah. from thanksgiving like i'm not interested in like turkey soup and shit like i grew up on that my mom made like bone soup constantly i like coming up with like other weird derivatives of like so <laughs> for years I, how can i serve these ingredients in a new way that right. still these ingredients let me run through a couple of them let okay. me run through, you a, couple run through a couple of them and then i'll tell you how i'm avoiding that problem this year okay so uh number one uh, the number one way I've done it, and I do, and this is pretty much my staple, is I get some Kaiser rolls, mm-hmm. and what I do is um, I cut open the Kaiser roll, scoop out most of the bread, then um, I heat up some turkey. I actually heat up everything, so I heat up turkey stuffing and a um, all the other stuff in the in the microwave. Then I take a little bit of mayo on the bottom. I put the turkey. Then I put the stuffing on top then i put a little bit of cranberry and then i put the and then i put the sandwich back together mm-hmm. and basically have like a turkey stuffing cranberry sandwich yep that is fucking so good <laughs> um that one never that one has never failed me with leftovers like that one works every year and you can just use like whatever turkeys like like white meat dark meat doesn't matter like just it all works in the sandwich um, well, so, but that's partially because your Thanksgiving recipe is your, like, amazing turkey recipe. 
Uh, yeah, because my I use the Alton Brown uh, Good Eats uh, yeah. turkey recipe, turkey the one recipe. with the the one where you cook to um, the internal temperature of 161 degrees um, breast temperature. Um, it's complicated. There's a there's a yeah, whole there's URL like a process. We've talked about it before, I think. Oh or, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah. have. I don't know if we have on the show. I, I don't know, but you can have. just go to Good Eats. Like you can go find yeah. a Good Eats episode that talks about it. Anyway, that turkey. So my turkey is um, my turkey is always amazing. So leftovers are always crucial. Yeah. All right. So that's number one. Number two, I've done that same. Um, I've done that same meal as a burrito. Interesting. Good. So I've done like turkey stuffing. Um, cranberry do, chutney. Do you put mashed potatoes in there too? Nah, mashed potatoes don't really go. Mashed potatoes don't really go because it, it mashed potatoes and the um, stuffing yeah, get they weird just mush together. together. Yeah, yeah. There's a so I like to do issue. A, yeah, I like the stuffing over the mashed potatoes for that. So stuffing, turkey, cranberry chutney. Um, sometimes a little bit of mayo or a little bit of honey mustard. Mostly mayo. Wrap that bad boy up as a burrito. That's pretty good. Uh, and then last year I attempted, but it did not work. Uh, I attempted to recreate the um, jive turkey from Funkin' Waffles yeah. by making yep. a um, uh, stuffing waffle. I think but you got to add an egg. I think you got to put I, an egg. I, I think so, because my mom's stuffing. So it crisped when I um, waffled it, but it didn't stay together. Like when I went to take it out of the waffle iron, it kind of fell apart. Yeah, I think you so got to add an egg. Yeah, it didn't really do. Um, it didn't, didn't really do it together. So yeah. I'm just gonna go back to my tried and true. Like I'm just gonna grab some. Um, I'm just gonna grab some Kaiser rolls and make some kick-ass. Um, I'm gonna make some kick-ass sandwiches. That's my goal. Yeah. Bloop. So this year I'm just making a chicken. Well, you have you're not feeding a whole. I'm feeding ten people. I know. I'm making a chicken because um, I couldn't find a turkey breast small enough. And there's going to be three of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you've got your you've got you've got your son and Andy Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, a like, chicken guess, is. Well, guess what, guys? We're having a chicken because we're still gonna have leftovers. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> like, that's, I'm not um, I'm not buying a seven pound turkey breast that we are going to try to fight through and eat for the next three weeks. Like, that's just dumb. No, my mom's actually gone small. This is only going to be ten people. That's okay. actually that's, that's actually small. small for my mom. Yeah. Wow. Bloop. Firstly, I just realized this episode is going to drop after Thanksgiving, so everybody will have already eaten all of their turkey. Yeah, anyway, okay. um, so I am doing a new thing for Thanksgiving this year, which is I am bypassing pies. There are no pies. I'm not making oh, a pie. So that's funny. My mom emails me right. So yeah. my mom's like, "Oh my god!" Like, I've been so behind on getting everything done. She's like. Will you forgive me? I'm just going to go to Costco's and buy an apple and a um, and a pumpkin pie. And I'm like, yeah, mom, it's really, it's okay. Like, Oh, but here's what I'm doing instead. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing instead? I have everything to make chocolate mousse. <laughs> yeah, chocolate mousse is amazing. Yeah, I have attempted chocolate mousse once before and it didn't, it was very good, but it didn't achieve the texture. It's not easy. No. So this is going to be attempt number two at well, achieving if, um, mousse texture. Let me just say this. If um, if attempt number two is successful, uh -huh. you may have to do it a third time yes. in January. Yes. Yeah. 
Once um, I get it down, I feel like I'm pretty good. Like it, like sometimes when I do something for the first time and like something about it fails miserably, it's hard for me to feel like I want to do it again. Especially when it's something like chocolate mousse that requires some things that are like are some expense. And I think the last time I made it, it was like whatever recipe I was using was like twelve servings or something insane. So it was like a pretty significant outpay in terms of like good chocolate and like heavy whipping cream and stuff this is a smaller batch recipe so i don't feel as bad if it doesn't come out okay i'm gonna just tell you something that you need to frame in your mind yeah i know you well enough right i'm gonna tell you this right now yeah the mental resistance you're having (laughs) is because when it didn't work the last time you felt bad for not succeeding and what you need to remember is that it's good to try I know. So you are being very good by attempting to make it, whether or not it actually completes or not. <laughs> so strangely, um, I had a really lovely conversation with Alex Roberts um, last I, I don't, week. I don't know why you say strangely. I imagine every conversation with Alex Roberts yeah. is lovely. Well, no, that, that like, wasn't the strange just, part. Wasn't that the conversation okay. was lovely. Just, I was going to say, because that the, seems the, pretty normal. Yeah, the strange part was actually talking specifically about having safe places to fail and how that makes us better game designers. Yeah, I, well, I mean, here's the thing, right? People assign too much, uh, too much value on success and failure and... Uh, really, in when in terms of experimentation, really have to um, put the focus on the act of experimentation, right? Yeah. Like, if you have made if you have made chocolate mousse, like like like, all right, for instance, like your popover recipe. Yes, like if which you blew I, your- I there was one there was like a second or third batch that came out crappy, and I didn't understand why, and now I do. Right. But, because but now uh, I've that's made like it a your second times. And, like second and third is like is still experimentation. So like yeah. if you if you messed up a, a popover batch today, yeah, you would rightfully like I'd you would like, rightfully yeah. be annoyed. What right? the hell like, happened? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> because because at that point you're not experimenting. You are like you can execute this. So you either fail to execute and you're mad at yourself, or you know you execute and they're delicious as they always are. Hmm. But when you are experimenting, when you're in that like less than five, yeah. Like, just trying is important. Bloop. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. We should, um, we should start this show. So that's uh, uh, pandas, pandas Talking Leftovers. Oh, my gosh. I, make, right. I, I seriously want to make... I, those, I really now want to make your um, stuffed popover... Leftover, le- th- leftover Thanksgiving stuffed popovers. Yeah. That's badass. Okay. Yeah. I mean, anyway, just the popovers are just delicious in general. They don't last very long. Like, there will be leftover popovers, but only for, like, a day or two because we all end up just, like, we eat them for breakfast. We eat them for lunch. We just we just eat them. I When you made them for me, I think I ate, like, three right. with dinner. Right, right? exactly. Like, and that was and me, it only makes 12, so, like... And that was me holding back because, because your dad was there. <laughs> Like, I didn't want to turn into, like, the cookie monster for popovers. Like, nom, 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 nom. Like, just... You were required to eat the other food as well. <laughs> I mean, I was going to eat the other food as well, as well, but, uh, you know. Okay, sorry, we can start the show now. We can start the show now. Want to start the show? Yeah, we can start the show. <laughs> yeah, you ready? Mm-hmm. Meow. Okay. Meow. Cue music. Boom, 
We are going to talk about games because that's what the damn show name is. Because <laughs> talking is my favorite thing for cats and chicks to do. Anyway. Awesome. It's really Ready? walking, but anyway, I just saw the name. I, I get what I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? Make make a space. Uh huh. Otherwise, we're gonna have to. Otherwise, you're gonna have to get Margaret's help to Ow. get this. Edited. Oh man, Margaret! We should get Margaret to edit this show too. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That's a bonus experience reference. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll learn soon enough. Uh, they're great. Anyway, ready? Uh huh. Yeah, cue music. And don't do it. Can I call? Okay, let me just. Can I just call? All right. For the outtakes. You want to just call once just for the call crickets? for the outtakes. <laughs> you just call them crickets. I think if I'm a raven, I might eat them. <laughs> How am I supposed to use this audio? I'm really delete, trying. Delete, delete, I'm really trying delete, to keep delete, it delete. in the space where I can use it, but you just. I followed your joke. I just didn't react. <laughs> oh, you reacted. <laughs> I'm aware of what's going on. Bloop. Hey, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Patreon uh, campaign. Patreon campaign. I'm just like stuck what? in a loop. I'm repeating. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. You didn't let me roll yet. Oh my gosh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I was just getting really into it and then we stopped. <laughs> Show me what you got. Show me Show what, me you, what got. you got. Show, Show me what you got. What you got. 54 minutes. Oh. With. That's it, right? Yeah. I cut it at the right time. I yeah, cut yeah. the AP at the right time. I know I was worried, but I also just got absorbed and just started playing. I know. I did a good job. Yeah, you did a good like, job. You did a really good job. You watched the time. It's because there are okay. many outtakes at the beginning about leftovers. Yeah. Okay. Pain is talking leftovers. Let's say goodbye. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Nonlinear podcast. Nonlinear podcast Thanksgiving. It's say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I punched it and I didn't hit the mute button this time.